Welcome to Time of Restoration Broadcast. We are so happy that you have tuned in and pray that something will be said to bless you, encourage your heart, lift your spirit, and increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. A day to magnify his name, a day to worship him, a day to adore him. Oh, I thank God because this is a new day that he created for me and for you to acknowledge him for who he is. <laughs> the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Bright in the Morning Star. Oh my God, the Great One, the Good God that's always good. And so we just thank God for this day in the Lord. Last week, I opened up with Psalms 130, and tonight I'm going to open it up tonight, reading that same Psalms, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And I had stated on last week, this was one of my spiritual daughter's favorite Psalms, and it really blessed me when I read it. So I'm going to share it again with you uh, from the New Living Translation. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I called for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord more than, more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. Oh, what an awesome psalm. And when you look at a verse where it says that, I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Now, what they were saying there, they were soldiers that had to watch, and they were up all night. So you know, it says, I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. And when a soldier stand and watch, can you imagine how slow the time goes? And can you imagine what, what, what the psalmist is saying? Say, oh, <laughs> I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. And you wonder, well, how could that really be? Because I tell you, when you're waiting on the clock and on the time, it takes forever. 
But the one thing we know that he is our redeemer. Said, O Israel, hope on the Lord, hope, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. So he's there. He is our redeemer. He brought us back. He brought us back with the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. Say, he himself still redeem Israel. Or will, I'm sorry. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. And just as he's redeemed Israel and will redeem Israel for every kind of sin, he is doing the same for us. So we just thank God for that Psalms. It really blessed me. He says, from the depths of despair. There are many that's out there today that they are in despair. Some, some, some are hopeless. Some are so destroyed and so disillusioned because of the world, what's going on in the world, you know, and what's going on in the uh, political world and what's even going on in the Christian world. Some people are so dis uh, devastated and, and disillusioned, but cry out, cry to the Lord because he will hear you and he will answer your prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to come into the homes and into the automobiles of those that are tra traveling on the highways to come into, uh, with, I'm anxious, <laughs> Lord, Satan, the Lord rebuke you, but I'm thankful for the fact that I'm able to come uh, through the airways into your automobiles and into your homes. We thank God that we are asking that you would touch every hearer, anoint them. Oh, God, anoint me, touch me. I decrease that you might increase. God, I'm standing on your word. My inadequacy is your adequacy. My insufficiency is your sufficiency. So, Lord, I'm standing on your word, trusting in you, oh, God, to be my helper, oh, God, as we uh, proceed with this teaching on this evening and lord i just thank you for your goodness and your mercies that are new every morning and we are praying for the sick for those oh god that are destroyed those oh god that need building up and not a a a a, a, a knockdown but a, a build up we're lifting them up tonight in the name of jesus and we'll just be so careful to give your name the praise the glory the honor belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we were teaching on uh, continuing our lesson dealing with the renewing of the mind and how we need to resist uh, the devil's lies. Talking about the different lies that the devil will, you know, point out and tell us. And last week, the first one was dealing with God doesn't always heal because it isn't his will. You know, and after I finished that lesson, I thought about other areas because this is a big area where people will say, well, you know, I prayed for this one and they died. And God didn't heal this person or that person. You know, and, and sometimes we don't know why. We can't answer why some people get healed and some don't. Some people have miracles of healing and others do not. But I do believe in the midst of, you know, 
uh, people praying for the healing of their loved ones sometimes bears doubt with the person that's believing for the healing. That could be the case. That sometimes, you know, like when Jesus during his day, he could not do many miracles in his own hometown because of the unbelief of the people. And sometimes, you know, you can have, you can, you can be praying for people to be healed, but they don't have the belief and the faith to believe that they can be healed. So you don't know why some people go ahead and pass on. However, I also do believe that, you know, death is an, is an ultimate healing because a person that was lying on their sickbed suffering with uh, uh, cancer or kidney failure or whatever, they're no longer suffering. They are totally in heaven healed if they were believers. So when you consider that particular lie, you know, you know, he's willing to heal all, but sometimes there's factors that enter in, you know, that pre pre prevent the healing. It could be unbelief and doubt. So I just wanted to kind of bring that out. And then also the fact that it's appointed to man wants to die. We're not going to be living on this earth forever. And we're going to go out with something or just we're just going to give up the ghost. You see, but, you know, I believe death is an ultimate healing as well because a person is no longer suffering, you know, the way they were when they were on that sick bed. Now, continuing some of the other lies that the enemy, you know, will share with us and put in our minds, you're useless and you'll never achieve anything with your life. <laughs> Now, you know that's a lie from the pits of hell. You're useless and you'll never achieve anything with your life. You know, I was thinking about the fact that I'm 84 years old and, 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 and the enemy will want me to think that I'm useless, but he's a liar because I know that I'm not useless. Because like I had shared with Pastor Kenneth on one of the sessions, you know, about the fact that I'm not going to think about retiring because I didn't see anywhere in the Bible where people retired, you know, uh, they transitioned, you know, he called Moses at 80 and I'm still working at 84, but the enemy will try to make you think that you are of no value. Oh my goodness. But know who you are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, he can try to tell you everything about your, you not being useful. But when you know who you are, you know that you're valuable. You know that you're a child of God. You know that you're seated with him in heavenly places. You know that you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're a new creation. And when he tells you you're useless and you'll never achieve anything with your life, just rebuke it and do not accept it. Rebuke it and do not accept it. You'll always be confused and never find out God's will for your life. You'll always be confused, you know, and never find out his will for your life. Now, that is an area that a lot of people are always, especially 
uh, new believers, they always want to know what does God, what did he call me to do? What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? You know, well, the first reason you're here once you are born again is that he has called all of us into the ministry of reconciliation. Once you've been reconciled, once you've been reconciled back to God, it's your obligation to work in the ministry of reconciliation to make sure that other people will be reconciled back to God. In other words, you're to be a witness. You're, you're to do the work of an evangelist. You see, and that is the first thing you need to do. And I also know that if you, if you, if there are certain things you like to do in life, sometimes the very things you like to do are the areas by which God can use you, you know, to do his purpose. You know, there are people that have administrative skills, you know, and, and they love putting things together. They love, you know, uh, setting up maybe uh, workshops and uh, seminars. They love it. Well, God can use you in the kingdom, you know, in that same area. I do know they also have uh, programs where you can do a test to find out uh, your gifts. And then you can work in that area of your gifting based on that test. Uh, I will look that up and maybe in the future share that with you. But that is that there is a test that you can do uh, that you can kind of see what area by which, you know, you are gifted in where God can use you. But never be confused. Uh, you never just know that you won't be confused to find out God's will for your life. Uh, don't believe that lie that you will always be confused because God is not a God of confusion. If there's confusion, you know it's coming from the enemy. Anytime there's confusion, doubt, unbelief, it's coming from the devil. But whenever there's peace, you know, and 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 uh, you you're settled, there's no double-mindedness, your singleness in heart and in spirit, you know you're on the right path. So uh, you'll never break that bad habit smoking lust, overeating, or other similar habits. Well, know this. Some things only go through prayer and fasting. And I believe if you pray and fast, as my husband would often say, he's not going to come and blow the match out when you go to light your cigarette. You see? So you have to, some things we have to lay aside and and take off and put on, you see. So as you drop those habits, as you begin to pray and fast and get into the word as well, pray and fast, trust his word, stand on his word, stand on his promises, you begin to see some of those habits you'll be doing less and less, less and less. And know that God, he came to set you free. He said, he says he came, you know, to, 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 to deliver, to deliver. And he says that he came to heal the brokenhearted and to set those that have been captive, you know, set them free. 
So know that you can be delivered. For this cause, Christ came into the world. For this cause, he died, that you can be set free. The devil is trying to tell you that, that all the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross was null and void. Know that it's not. Because it's because of his shed blood, you have deliverance. And again, as I said before in the past, appropriate the blood of Jesus to your mind, to your body, that those habits would be broken as well. Uh, you're wasting your time in the ministry. You might as well give up. And right now, so many pastors and so many ministries, they're thrown in the towel. Oh, the devil will tell you all the time, you know, what, what are you doing? You just need to know that one is a multitude. You can minister to one person that can touch hundreds of lives. So keep, keep on keeping on. Don't lose heart in ministry. For those of you that are in ministry and you're listening to this broadcast, know that, you know, uh, God will not forget your labor of love. He will not forget it and you will be rewarded. And know that, you know, that the race isn't given to the swift or to the strong, but it's given to the one that endureth to the end. You have to have endurance. You cannot just give up after every little, you know, win or every little tribulation or trial. You're going to have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary. Never get tired of doing good. Because in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. So those of you that's losing heart when it comes to ministry, you feel like you, 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 feel, you feel almost like, um, who was it? Uh, Jeremiah. You know, he was, in, he, 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 he was in the ministry, never saw anybody get saved. But he says when he felt like giving up, that the, the word of God was in him was so, he said, it's just like fire shut up in my bones. The word was so in him like fire. He says, you know what? If no one ever gets saved, I'm not going to stop prophesying. I'm not going to stop telling them the truth. Because we know eventually, you know, someone is going to hear and the seed has been planted. Continue planting those seeds in ministry. You know, don't stop. Don't stop. Uh, you might as well stay out of church. The people are all hypocrites anyway. <laughs> well, that was the lie that the, the devil told my husband for many years. Why would you want to go to churches that are just loaded with hypocrites? You know, that was the lie he told my husband for many years. And he used to always tell me, Emma Jean, I'm not going to church, all those hypocrites. I said, but just join us. <laughs> Since we're all hypocrites, just come on and join us. But sooner or later, it took 10 years. It, but it took me praying and fasting and standing in the gap for him. You know, when he was saying he wasn't thinking about coming to church. You know, I'm not going to ever be saved. I always believed because it was prophesied that he was going to be saved through my sanctification and i believe the word that that mother prophesied to me over 54 years ago 
when I was praying for a saved husband, asking the Lord to bless me with a husband, and I wanted a husband that was going to be saved, and she began to prophesy, speaking tongues. She says, as odd as this sounds to me, I'm sure it's going to sound odd to you. But I hear the Lord say, he does not have a saved husband for you, but your husband will be saved through your sanctification. And I tell you, after 10 years, and I was about ready to throw in the towel. But the Lord, on that 10th that year of our marriage, the Lord saved my husband and six years later called him into ministry. So I'm, I know what he can do. Don't give up. Don't give up the ministry and don't, be, and don't leave the church. You might as well, you know, you might as well just stay out of church. The people are all hypocrites. Look, don't believe that lie. Well, if you think they're hypocrites, come and join them and see what God can do and change your life in the midst of hypocrites. He can make you whole. <laughs> so don't believe that lie. There's a history of cancer in your family. And you're next in line. Well, that's a big lie that the enemy tried to share with me. I was a, I'm from a family of eight. I had five sisters and two brothers. All of my sisters, except for one, died of cancer. And one brother. And the enemy has tried to tell me that you're going to die of cancer. I, I said, I don't accept that. I don't accept that at all. And I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. And I reject that lie because he's tried to tell me that, that you're going to die of cancer. All your family died of cancer. Yeah, just because they died of cancer, I don't have to claim it. And a lot of times, many Christians, you know, are out there and they're saying, well, you know, the first thing when you go into a doctor, they want to ask you, you ask you your family history. What did they die of? Just because they died of that doesn't mean that you have to die of that. You know, you don't have to claim all these genera generational, you know, uh, sicknesses and diseases because they were in your family. Just know that God is your healer and you don't have to claim it. So you just know, just know that, you know. So, um, the next one, you are not really saved. You only think you are. <laughs> know that we're not saved based on a feeling, but based on a fact. The Bible says, if anyone call on the name of Jesus, they shall be saved. You see, so... Don't believe that lie. If you've confessed him, if you believe that, you know, he was born, if you believe, if you accept his death, his burial, his resurrection, and you believe that he died for you, all you have to do is call on his name and you shall be saved. So tonight, if you have called on the name of Jesus already. Know that you are saved. Know that you are saved, blood washed, redeemed, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life.
He's your Lord and he's your master. And you will accept all the work, the finished work that was done on Calvary's cross. You are born again. And the enemy will tell you that you're not saved. You see, salvation and being saved is not based on a feeling. Because some days you might get up and feel like you're not saved. You know, but you know that you are. Because it's, it's a fact. Because you accepted the finished work of the cross. So I'm going to leave you with that on this evening. And if you would like to accept Jesus as your personal savior, please pray this prayer with me. Father God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come and live on the inside of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be my Lord. Be my Master. Be my Savior. And be my friend. Justify me. Purify me. And cleanse me with your blood. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, the angels are rejoicing. I am rejoicing. Let someone know, your, your siblings, your loved ones, your mom, your dad, that you have accepted Jesus. And if you were a backslider and you prayed that prayer, let someone know that you rededicated your life back to the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I want you to know, he's married to the backslider. We can run, but we can't hide. And so we know that as we you know, pray the prayer of salvation that you can serve Satan notice that he's no longer your master. Last week when I prayed that prayer and I said, let Satan know you're no longer his servant. Or he's your servant, but let him know he's no longer your master. That Jesus Christ of Nazareth, of Nazareth is your master, your Lord, your savior your baptizer, your friend, your deliverer, your strong tower. Oh, he's El Shaddai. <laughs> he's the all-breasted one. <laughs> he's a God that's more than enough. Hallelujah. Oh, the greater one is now living on the inside of you. So all that you need is in Jesus. All that you need is in him. Be of good courage. Don't lose heart. Continue to stay in the word that you will have a renewed mind. Don't allow Satan to lie to you and you believe his lies. Know that the greater one is on the inside of you. Rebuke his lies, you know. Rebuke those thoughts. Pull them down. Every stronghold, pull them down. Don't let Satan steal from you. Always declare and decree that you have the mind of Christ.
that you have the mind of Christ. I heard a preacher say one day last week, yeah, you have the mind of Christ and you're not a genius, but you have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. So always remember to tell someone about Jesus because Jesus is Lord.